Hello. <laughs> and welcome. <laughs> Still got the giggles? Uh, a little bit. Let's keep going, though. Yeah, Hello sure. and welcome to... Who are we? The, uh, Be a Better Bard podcast. Is that who we are? That's us. That's oh, me. We my are, amnesia's cleared. <laughs> we are them. Um, yeah, welcome to the Be a Better Bard podcast. I'm your co-host, Burley. And I'm Alex. And we're here to pump you up with bardic ability. You're going to be so inspired. Uh-huh. That's our inspiring word. Mm-hmm. Powers. Yeah. Pump it up with the jam. <laughs> pump it up. While your feet are stumpy. Yeah. Blam, 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 blam. <laughs> that's all, folks. Yep, that's no more of this. Um... What are we talking about today, Alex? We're here talking about folk heroes. Folk heroes. Break That's out the right. banjos. Break them out. Um, Dulcimers. The banjos? What are you talking about, banjos? Yeah, we're getting folky. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, I get it. That's folk <laughs> music. You were going music, I was going tales. So I was thinking like the, like, what's it called, the bandolero? Like what the rooster plays in uh, Robin Hood. Oh yeah, is that what it is? Yeah, isn't that what I it's just, called? The I, just, I assumed it was just like a a mandolin. A oh, mandolin. That might be what I'm thinking of. We are off to a start. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Folk t- uh, folk heroes. Um, you you brought up a pretty big one right off the bat, Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood's a folk hero. Yeah. Um, so if we're talking about folk heroes, we kind of have to take a look at um, folklore. And I think the big difference would be kind of how is folklore different from mythology? Because we spent a lot of time talking about mythology in this podcast. Right. So um, a lot of scholars would say it's, it's one of the same. It's the same damn thing, just different names. Others would say it's a matter of... Um, Divinity. Divinity is the big kind of divider of mythology and folklore. Uh, mythology will have gods or some higher power kind of maybe not dictating what's happening, but being a central part of what's happening. Well, folklore doesn't necessarily have that. But again, people kind of differ on that. Mm-hmm. My take on it is folklore is much more kind of, it's more of a verbal tradition. As opposed to mythology, which does have this bigger set of rules, I want to say. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to think of the word that isn't like lore <laughs> or pantheon. Sure. Like, like folk heroes are very rarely gods or like religious related at all. Yeah. In fact, it's um, more about community than, I guess, religion. Yeah, and more often than not, they're also real. Um, they might be exaggerated, yeah. but like, there's there's a good chance they existed, or it's people could believe they existed. Uh-huh. So it's nothing like, um, well, Hercules threw a minotaur through a Taco Bell or something like that. Like, it's something like, oh yeah, that guy. We kind of. We're pretty sure he was from Wisconsin. Right. Like, yeah, pretty sure uh, he could lasso the moon. Like, I'm pretty sure that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, um, 
it's also something we're still building. Like we we have modern folk heroes that you know now these people now we know they're real, but like we've just, we've exaggerated their greatness to such a point they're kind of they're bigger than who they were. Yeah, like Jim Carrey. Yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna say someone like um <laughs> like Bonnie and Clyde or Ip Man or Martin Luther King. Like these are all like modern folk heroes. Like they're people okay, that existed yeah. and did big things, but we've made them bigger. Yeah, like there's the story is almost as important as the person was now. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Or or maybe the story is more important. Yeah, we, we've overlooked their flaws and kind of made them close to gods in our public consciousness of just like well, what they represent. Let's yeah, let's let's just they're heroes. They're yeah, maybe not deified, but they're definitely made into heroes. Yeah. Uh, most folk heroes will have a a common theme, and that common theme is they tend to be outside the law in some sort or another. Um, okay. They are going against a power structure. Uh-huh. I will say once the American, uh, not the American Revolution, the Industrial Revolution came about, I noticed a lot of American folk heroes kind of took a shift, and it was less against being against a power structure and more against development. Um a lot of very like Miyazaki <laughs> like the machine is bad we're not rebelling against you know like the man we're rebelling against the machine or doing things to support the land that sort of thing oh they're not against the power structure they're against the physical structure yes but uh, I'm, I'm sure that I'll, that probably happened way before the industrial revolution that's just when I think it really flared up huh okay put a cream on that <laughs> sure <laughs> all right wow that's a big topic (laughs) maybe we can we can re-hit the uh the industrial age if we ever do a steampunk episode (laughs) um but yeah you want to go into your dude let's go chronological chronological okay um well i am here to well my name is burley and i'm here here to to say. say um I like folk heroes in a major way. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I'm doing my little thing on Finn McCool. Um, so, His last name is actually McCool. Yeah. Like M-C-C-O-O-L. In some, in some spellings, yeah. Like, I think the, the most traditional way is it's more like Theanne Mac Coomhale. Is how it's spelled. Like if I was to say it phonetically, how it's spelled, but it should be pronounced Finn McCool. That guy fucked. I know nothing about him. I can tell you with that name, he fucked. You know, he does. He he's a slapper, and he uh, he's a cool guy. So let me let me dive right into it. So there is um, in Ireland, um, there is this group of warriors. They're fierce warriors called the Fianna. And they have pledged their fealty to this king. The the king isn't so important. The warriors are what's important. Um, but the Fianna itself, this this group of warriors, was actually two very powerful rival tribes that worked together as one warrior group. But they were like rivals all the time, just pledged to the same king. Um, so one group was led by. Gall McMorna. Boo. He sucks. <laughs> He's a bad guy. 
and the other was led by a man named Cool. Um, so there's this fierce battle with a third party and the Fienna, and Cool is slain, and that lets Gaul McMorna seize uh, power and control of the Fienna. So he's now the boss of this band of warriors that is unstoppable. Um, but Cool had previously fallen in love with a princess named, and I'm going to botch this, like I'm going to botch a lot of things, uh, Mirn, I think. Um, and she gives birth to a boy named... The Highlander. No. Demni. Duh. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so Cool dies, and then Demni is born. And Mir is afraid of for their lives because some of the members of the Fienna think that this infant son should be should be the one who's in charge, not the second in command seizing control. So Mir fears for their lives, and Demni um, is left in the care of these two women, one who is a druidess. And the other is a huntress and they are most likely married. So he's raised by these two powerful female wild characters, sick as fuck. Um, So he is raised from infancy to be a hunter. And by the time he's six years old, he's hunting his own food. (laughs) He's just radical. (laughs) Um, but eventually Gaul catches up to Finn. So Finn has to go into hiding. Oh, his name is Finn now. I'll get to that. Um, I'm just, I just went into Finn because it's easier to say than Demney. Um, so he goes incognito uh, and he gets a job as a servant. Uh, and he just works for a bunch of different kings, just like lives in the castles of all these different kings and is just like their butler. Um, and one of them eventually recognizes like, Hey, aren't you cool son? Are you Finn McCool? And, uh, puts on shades and says, you're damn right. (laughs) Right. So Finn McCool is like, Hey, look, buddy, I don't want any trouble. So can we keep on the hush hush? Uh, and the King is like, yeah, okay. If you leave and never come back, I will not tell anybody that you were here. Um, so Finn leaves and goes back to the woods and he's walking by this stream and he comes across a fisherman. And so, of course, the fisherman becomes the most important thing in the world to Finn because it's the first thing he sees. <laughs> um, so this man is a poet. And so he and Finn are talking and it's, it's, it's this man who sort of named uh, Finn, Finn. Finn means fair haired or just like blonde basically so this this poet is like hey blonde kid Uh, (laughs) and he's he's fishing and he explains that uh there was this prophecy that said that this poet was going to fish up the salmon of wisdom which would give him the knowledge of all things and so pretty much as soon as finn sits down they catch the fish and finn (laughs) is tasked with watching the cooking fire while the poet goes behind that bush over there. And so Finn is uh, tending to the fish and he burns his thumb. 
right? Wouldn't you know it? And so he puts his burnt thumb into his mouth to soothe it. Mm. But there was a little bit of fish oil on his thumb. And so then Finn got all the knowledge powers. From a fish? From the fish of knowledge. Smart yeah. fish. Got it. Yep. Yeah. So now Finn has in, like infinite wisdom and knowledge, but only when he sucks his thumb. Like a little baby bitch. Like a little Baba baby boy. Um, he eventually gets into a poetry slam with some other woodland boys. Um, he grows up, you know, he eventually uh, slays Gaul. They get into it. He kills him. It's really not that interesting. Um, war's not that interesting in folk tales. War is glossed over. War is usually like out there. Um, but Finn eventually gets these two pet dogs. Uh, and uh, the dogs were the sons of a woman who was cursed yeah. into being a dog. <laughs> so the boys are the dogs are dogs, but they have human brains. And because they're magic dog boys, they're Finn's adopted son brother dogs, mm-hmm. and they all go hunting together, and they stop Finn from killing this deer because they're like, wait, this deer is actually a cursed woman <laughs> who looks like a deer. And so Finn's like, all right, I'm going to take this deer home. See what happens. <laughs> what that deer do though. <laughs> so they lead the deer back to Finn's house, which is on like enchanted fairy land and it breaks the curse. And then she becomes Finn's wife. As as you do. Right. As you do. But almost immediately, she gets cursed again and turned back into a deer. And Finn never sees her again. So definitely not the story of how Finn fucked a deer. She turned into a deer. Doesn't matter. Still had sex. Right. Um, so Finn sends the dogs out to try and find his wife. And they never do. They never do. Years later, they come back with the deer's son, which is a a human boy. And Finn raises the boy to be his own son. And that boy becomes this very famous poet named Oshin, who spent most of his career championing the legend of his adopted father, the guy who knew everything and had sex with a deer. Oh, so question. If I sucked his thumb, <laughs> would I know everything? Is uh, the thumb the magic power? No, he so he ends up the poet comes back basically and it's like, wait, are you smart now? Oh damn it. Did you eat some of the fish? We'll eat the whole thing now. It's not gonna work since you already had some. So Finn eats the whole fish. And, okay, so he's and, smart from the fish, but sucking on the thumb activates the smartness. Exactly. But it's then, the on th- button. Right, and I think, I think there's a, some story that got into my head somewhere that Finn, now having all the knowledge, is like, oh, actually, this wasn't the, like, this wasn't the salmon of wisdom. This was, was the trout of knowledge. So there's oh, another idiot. one. Come, yeah, there's another one coming for you, buddy. Just hang out. <laughs> I think... So, yeah. Um, All right. You chose a weird one. 
it's a weird guy. So just another, a couple other things about Finn McCool. Um, real quick. He once threw a rock so hard that it became the Isle of Man. Obviously. Um, he created the Giant's Causeway so that he could have a walkway between Scotland and Ireland uh, without his ankles getting wet. Was McCool the first Chuck Norris? Like, was that the OG he Chuck totally Norris joke? He totally was. He totally was. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's so good. Monsters check underneath their bed for McCool. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, it, and, and by the way, I think I've shown you pictures of it before. But if there's anything that you should Google about Finn McCool, definitely Google the Giants Causeway because it's like my number one place in the world I'd want to go visit. Um, it's like it's it's this like coastal rocky cliffy area and it's these gigantic boulders and cliffs that are made of this volcanic rock formation that is perfect hexagonal columns and um it's it's almost like a like a tabletop gaming grid these i have yeah i think that was like on like a like a buzzfeed like cool things you should see lists yeah it's it's just like a an awesome thing and that was made by finn mccool creating stepping stones so he could get to scotland without wetting his toesies um he uh, he once dressed as a baby because Ooh. he was afra- afraid of a giant that was going to come and catch him. Um, and so he uh, he convinced his second wife to break the giant's teeth with pancakes, <laughs> and then and then shamed the giant for having weak teeth. And that's how Finn McCool defeated the giant. <laughs> <laughs> so he dressed up like a baby and then bullied someone yeah so like if i if i take anything away from finn mccool is like i love the guy he's he's awesome he's a great guy but all of the cool things in his story are actually powerful women doing something clever and he's just like chilling bro he's just like along for the ride Thanks, patriarchy. Yeah, he's the dude. He's absolutely. Um, okay, that's all I got on Finn, on Finn McCool. And he is, I, I believe that he is the namesake for um, Adventure Times, Finn the Human. That's pretty. Do you have a time frame at all? Ooh, dates, right. Oh, you want, you want dates. Uh, you know how I always have dates and names handy at all times <laughs> uh uh oh yeah so this was in probably the year uh this is really good radio um ancient got it oh yep that was a good year <laughs> When I was ancient, it was a very good year. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, I don't fucking know, man. In the time before time, he killed a guy who could breathe fire when he was 10 years old. That's that's all that matters is that he was 10, not what year it was. That's fair then. Got you. (laughs) 
um he was he was being written about in the 17th century okay um, there we go so he, probably his fables existed before you know the proverbial dark ages of of europe yeah there we go i just wanted yeah. a general time frame well there you go you got it thank you i appreciate that <laughs> um all right so what did you do yours on so i did mine on john henry the steel driving man I try to put on my gruffest American accent on that. Just a, a really thick. Steel um, driving man. Who's the cowboy that was in the movie with the dude? The Is actor. The cowboy? Yeah. Oh, I don't recall. Like occasionally, like when they're like in between bowling games, you'd go to the bar and like the guy with the mustache. He's like a famous cowboy actor. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, shit. This is um, just us rambling. Then does not wait, matter. Are, wait, is, are you talking about the guy that um, that uh, Ashton Kutcher and um, and Kels and um, the the curly haired guy from that '70s show then had a Netflix original series where they lived on a farm together with the guy that you're thinking of? Maybe that sounds familiar, who, but I, I didn't watch made, that show. Who made cameos as a different Ron on Parks's Rec? Uh, on Parks and Rec? Yes, that is him. Okay, yes. Skinny, lots of wrinkly face, just yep. like just, like a pudding-faced man. You just look at him like, that man's a fucking cowboy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and he talks yeah. like this. And everything he says is probably a bit of poetry. Damn straight. Mm. Sploosh. <laughs> Anyways, John Henry, the steel-driving man. Okay. So for someone that doesn't know what a steel-driver is... um. Back when they were building the railroads, steel driving was essentially a two-person job. One person would hold a metal drill. And then the second person, which was John Henry, would take a hammer and drive it into the drill into the rock. And the first person would twist the drill so that way you can keep driving it harder and harder until eventually you're making a hole. Okay. So now you know a job. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, John Henry was a slave born in... Yes. Okay. Well, now you said slave, and I don't want to tell a joke anymore. <laughs> Man. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, God, where was I? Oh, okay. He was born in... Um, he was a slave, but he was freed after the war. Okay. After the war, he got, a dro- he, got, he got a job as a steel driver for the Chesapeake and Ohio Railroad. And he was really good at it. He was famous on the railroad for being the absolute fastest at it. He was just a beast. And he had a pretty good career there. He was making good money. He loved his job. Um, eventually, they're, they're building a railroad, and they come across a mountain. This mountain is called Big Ben Mountain. Big Ben. Bend. Oh. Yeah. So, C&O Railroad. They could go around it, but they're like, no, we need to go through it because once the railroad is done, it needs to have the shortest miles like possible from point A to point B. Otherwise, sure. it would be like, uh, we're adding too many miles. Yeah. So, like, fine. Why we're not do put, a straight line? We're going to put a hole through this mountain. And so John Henry, is he does an amazing job at it. But, like, when they're going through the mountain, they're only doing maybe 10 to 12 feet a day. Now, he's doing 10 to 12 feet a day. Everyone else is maybe doing nine feet a day. And dying along the way. Hundreds. He's not dying. He's not dying. But pretty much all the other, like, 
all the other people are like hundreds of people are buried in the mountain alongside the railroad while he's digging, just being a beast. Okay. But again, he's loving his job. Just hammer away. He's like, this is the shit. Hammer, hammer, hammer. Hammer the hammer. So eventually a salesman comes wrong. Probably some damn Yankee carpet bagger. But whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's like, hey, I have a steam power drill that could out drill any man on your team. John Henry's like, fuck you. I can beat that thing. And he's like, no, you don't, you don't really need to. Your friends are dying. You, we could just drill. It'd be easier. He's like, nope, I could beat that drill. <laughs> so they're like, fine, we're going to have a contest. So it's going to be John Henry versus the steam power drill. John Henry normally would work with one 14 pound hammer. It's pretty heavy. For the contest, he comes out with two 20-pound hammers. Ooh. Yep. He's double-fisting hammers for this. So he brings oh, out shit. two other guys to work two drills at the same time, and he's just wailing at it. They have oh, an wow. hour to see who goes farther. Now, like I said, previously in a day, he would do 10 to 12 feet. In that hour, he did 14 feet, and the steam power drill did nine. Wow. So he was already able to do better than the steam power drill without double fisting, right? Yes. Okay. But in the process of that hour and double fisting two hammers, he, he raised the hammers up and goes, I win, and then dies. He just, he put in too much work. He overexhausted himself. Well, then what was the point? Exactly. What was the point? Like, <laughs> I feel like at that point, what do you ha have to prove if you're like, oh, I can beat a steam engine and the steam engine survives? <laughs> but they say if you go into the tunnel, you can still hear the sound of John Henry's hammers hammering away. Oh, wow. So that's the story. There is some historical background. So I mentioned c &O Railroad. c &O Railroad was a real thing. In fact, we're Richmond locals. Um, CNO was a pretty big part of Richmond development up until about the 80s when it got bought out by another railroad company. Um, Is that why there's all the, like, the warehousing along the railroad tracks? Is that this stuff? Yep. Yeah, that's, 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 that's connected to this company. Oh, wow. That's yep. oh, cool. Most likely, Big Bend Mountain was probably in Talcott, West Virginia. And it was probably dug around 1870 to 1872. Oh, wow. So a guy named Guy Johnson around 1920s, he did try to dig into the truth of John Henry. And he came across two very conflicting things. On the pro-John Henry side, he went to Talcott and he found a guy that was like, yeah, um, I was a kid when all of that was happening. Like, it was my job to like, bring buckets of water from the town to the railroad. And I saw this contest. It was a real contest that happened. Um, it wasn't two hammers. He just had one hammer. It didn't last for an hour. It lasted for three days. But yes, John Henry won, and he died from exhaustion. Huh. C&O says otherwise. Um, they're like, you know, we can't deny or confirm if there's a John Henry, because unfortunately, all of our records were lost in a fire. But in in that particular mountain there's no signs that were that there were any mechanical drills there was no steam power drills everything on that mountain was hand done huh. but if you go to Talcott West Virginia and you go to the railroad and you go to the tunnel there is a plaque for John Henry so it's up in the air if he was real or if he was not did he lift two 20 pound hammers and go crazy 
Probably not. But there probably was there probably was a worker that was pretty good with a hammer. Yeah, okay. Or maybe he did go whole ham with two hammers. He died. Like that sounds like something that would happen after you well, the, double the, fist hammers. Well the guy said like no, like he dug for three days. Like the guy that was like I was there, he's like he dug. He but like he dug for three days straight. Like he exhausted himself to shit. No way. So like it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where like, yes, maybe existed, probably existed. You know what? We just blew was him he, up. So was he um was he so like he's obviously a folk hero to the laborers, right? Was he a folk hero to the railroad itself? So I like so did C- they use C- him? Cando C- as... has a website, and I was poking through, and I didn't see anything about that because you would think that would be like a good marketing thing, right? Just being like the working man. We had the working man. Yeah. Well, I was just I was just wondering if they did use it because it's like. I feel like there's like a tragic irony that like the railroad is meant to represent like freedom. Right. And this prominent railroad hero was a slave just aspiring to be, you know, a a hard worker, I guess. He was, yeah, he was a freed slave. He was a freed slave. Oh, that makes it even more touching. Yes. So after the war ended, he became a steel driver. Oh, Okay. Well, that's, yeah, that's even more powerful. What a great historical figure. That's a great, that's a great, uh, sounds like a great guy. Yeah. Cool guy. Yeah. When I mentioned you were, I was doing this one, you said you didn't know anything about him. And then I told, I I also told Kelso and I was like, yeah, I've never heard of him. I was like, what? You guys have never heard of John Henry. And I'm wondering if maybe that's just because like I was a kid in Virginia. So like, this is kind of just like. Like, he's the same as Johnny Appleseed to us. Like, I've just heard of him. He was, like, the same as Johnny Appleseed. He's just an American folk hero. Like, you just huh. think of Murica. Yeah, I mean, I do I do have, like, like probably from Futurama, the, like, steel-driving man, West Virginia kind of, like, idea, that concept. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of this guy, no. Yeah, he's had two Disney movies so far. Really? Yeah, so we, we were talking earlier before when we were discussing folk heroes like off podcast about the Disney uh-huh. movie uh what was it? Tall Tale? Tall Tale. Tall yeah. Tale. So that's like a movie where like a kid sucks into a dream and suddenly he's like surrounded by all the American folk heroes and they have to get in shenanigans. Well, I remember there was okay, there was definitely Paul Bunyan and Pecos Bill, but there wasn't there a third guy that was like Billy the Kid or something? There was Billy the Kid and there's also there was the um the one, There's a woman. The, yeah, she is another cowboy. Uh, God. Um, oh, um, my God. What is her name? She was the trick shooter, right? Doesn't she, like, throw up a bunch of playing cards and shoot the aces or something? Yeah. If, if you ever watch... Annie the, Oakley. If you ever watch the Western on HBO, the Deadwood, she's on that. Oh, I've never watched Deadwood. I would never watch that. It was pretty good. Like, it was just... <laughs> like... What if Shakespeare wrote a Western? Because it's all in iambic pentameter. It's weird. All right. Now I'm going to watch that. Now I have to watch yeah. that. Yeah. And then he also had like an animated one. Like Disney did like an animation short of all the American folk heroes. Like like the Cowboys and Johnny Appleseed huh. and John Henry's an animated one. And from Is what it I, an old one? 
Uh, I think that may have been like right after Disney stepped down. Oh, okay. So, so yes, it's still old. Post World War Two. Yeah. Like pre Pixar. And then I looked it up. They're currently working on a new John Your Henry movie. Not much has been said except that it's a science fiction movie. Terry Crews is going to be John Henry, and oh. the villain is Ludacris. What? <laughs> so I need and to see this and movie. It's Disney? No, this one's not going to be Disney. This oh, is just okay. me doing research on John Henry. It's like, oh, they're working on a movie. Weird. Oh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, let's be let's be like real and like address the elephant in the room. Kind of could turn out to be like a modern black exploitation film, but could also be amazing. <laughs> I'm down for anything with Ludacris in it. Oh, I'm down for anything with Terry Crews. Hell yeah. Terry Crews was the was what drove uh dragged me into Brooklyn Nine Nine. You know, I stayed for a couple of other reasons. I love Joe Lutruglio, but Terry Crews is why I came. Yeah, that's a really good show. Yeah. Anyway. Um, do you want to make a folk hero? Yeah. Or I guess we gotta do our compare and contrast thing, yeah. Yeah, and I do have an idea um, right before we dive into the um, creation. So, um, yeah, let's compare contrast. Yeah, we chose two very different ones. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. Uh, Alex, I can't believe you forgot. <laughs> uh, oh. Um, play the compare and contrast theme song. Compare and contrast. Compare and contrast. Okay, that was the... <laughs> How the dare new... you put me on the spot like that? <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck you were talking about. Oh, man. <laughs> You're so lucky that we didn't play more than just the uh, D&D one-shot um, with me DMing, because I put my players on the spot for everything. <laughs> my players name every NPC, the name every small town. Isn't that your they job? Name... Yeah, but I think why, why, players... why would the player walking into the town know the NPC unless like it's an NPC connected to them? Well, I mean more like um okay, so if I uh if you're in the adventuring party, right? Here's a little peek behind the curtain. Um give me the peek behind the curtain. I'm just kidding. Um Whoop. so you're you're a part of the party, right? You're let's say you're a paladin, and you're a part of an adventuring party. And this caravan comes by, and it's a circus caravan. Um, and the ringmaster is like, "Oh, hey, um, we're gonna set up show nearby. If you guys want to help us set up, we'll feed you tonight. So, do you want to go with them?" And then you would be like, "Yeah, of course we want to go with them. That's an easy meal, no problem." Um, so, Alex, who do you go help? Uh. The giraffe handler. Oh, okay. What's their name? I haven't met them yet. Okay, you so okay, you go to the giraffe handler and you see them and what do they look like? Uh short squat man with a big beard and one eye. Okay, so um he introduces himself as old scratchy. What's the giraffe's name? Giraffe number two. Oh, poor giraffe number two. After I lost my first giraffe and my left eye, I couldn't bear to name the second one. But she's been around with me since the war. Boom. See, you created half of that character. All right, fair enough. And and now you're attached to the character, right? 
yeah, now I'm going to name the giraffe and you're probably going to kill it because you're a dick. Because <laughs> right. I named or, it. Or, or old Scratchy's going to, you know, the coppers are going to finally have caught up to him and he's going to be like, take care of giraffe number two for me. <laughs> and then you find out giraffe number two was a male the whole time. Tech. <laughs> and it's Operation Giraffe Number Two Drop. Um, yeah, that's, there you go. From, from that one character, we had an entire adventure. Okay, so <laughs> we felt things. <laughs> let's uh, let's compare and contrast. I might cut that. I might cut all that. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, what else is there? So you already we already talked at the beginning a little bit about them being um, like champions of a cause or um, like an ideal uh, or like they're the the what makes them a hero is that they're a champion of a community. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're always kind of looking out for the little man. That is kind of the central thing of being a folk hero. Right. They, yeah, they just help whoever they can come across and help. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned that like the war isn't important and that is like, you know, yeah. just because the war never hurt, like really helps the community. It's about what right. they do before or after the war that matters. So, like, yeah, Robin Hood, for they, example. Like, I think in certain tellings of Robin Hood, he was a war hero fighting alongside Richard the Lionheart. But no one gives a fuck about the war. There's no stories about the war. Exactly. We t- we're talking about Robin Hood. The war is happening. It's mentioned. But we don't know who's fighting or anything about that. Yeah. This is a Robin Hood story. <laughs> Listen to this chicken song. <laughs> um so so i wanted to um i think okay so i think the the sort of the concept of a folk hero as we've seen is like it's sort of concrete sort of amorphous right like you can sort of twist anything into being a folk hero the same way you could twist anything into being anything um but i think i think we have a good idea about what a folk hero is meant to be yeah but I thought it would be fun because, and I think you picked Folk Hero because you were flipping through a D&D book, right? Yeah. So I thought it would be fun if we went like hard into the D&D 5th edition um, and made a character for 5th edition D&D and like made up, you know, the the stuff we normally do, but using the Folk Hero uh background in the book as a skeleton all right i'm gonna lean hard on you on this one just because i know jack shit about dnd i flipped through the book and i was like that'd be a good one but well it'll be fantasy yeah but, like the dnd is the skeleton of the fantasy right yep gotcha for, for this um so i'll just read this little paragraph and then we'll dive in dive so, on it first hero. you come from a humble social rank but you are destined for so much more already the people of your home village regard you as their champion and your destiny calls you to stand against the tyrants and monsters that threaten the common folk everywhere so from that we know that we're nobody special but we're gonna do something really great to help everybody got it right yep so I think from that, we're building a level one character. Um, we can pick any class, any race, anything. They just need to be 
maybe maybe they're probably are subjugated in some way, um, maybe misunderstood in some way, um, but they're going to be amazing adventurers. Does that sound good? Yeah. So skill proficiencies is the first thing we come up against. Uh, we get animal handling and survival for free. Cool. Um, so we're an out we're outdoorsy, right? Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and give ourselves a pet? Oh my god, we get a pet! Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do we want? I want a raccoon. A pet raccoon. Pet oh, raccoon. A little Miko. Mm-hmm. What's uh, their name? Oh God, fuck. <laughs> uh. Culptor? No, we can't do Culptor. <laughs> you need to get different magazines, dude. <laughs> uh, VH1's best wedding ever. <laughs> Diva. Uh, okay. <laughs> the raccoon's name is VH1's best weddings ever. VH1 for short. It's called BH. Um, <laughs> um, let's, um, okay, so let's, uh, let's have our raccoon also be a big point of identity for our survival as well. Um, and make our her- character a sort of nocturnal, thiefy character. How does that sound? Okay, so we're going to go for like a more Robin Hood thing, like a steal from the rich sort of deal. Oh, no, that's not fun. So, we do. I I draw two thieves too too easily. Yeah. So most folk heroes tend to be pretty nonviolent. So what if we did a bard? Yeah, a bard is good. A bard is really good. So yeah, okay, a bard, and he just hangs out in the woods. Maybe he's a satyr, or or a tiefling. Um, let's go for tiefling. Aren't satyrs more like solitary creatures, or are they pack creatures? They're fae. So, they're the goat-legged yeah. uh, man. Uh, just for anybody listening. Um, they're fawns. Yeah, but I assume um, they are more like, kind of keep to themselves creatures. I think so. Um, so they wouldn't really they have do... a community around them that would be like, oh yeah, you. Yeah, probably might have like a family. But yeah, I don't know about villages, I guess. So yeah, let's do, um, let's do tiefling. That way they can also be sort of misunderstood um, or like nothing special. You know, they're not like a high elf. Mm -hmm. We we don't expect something great from them off the bat. And tieflings are like kind of demon things, aren't they? Yeah, they, they look somewhat demonic, but depending on your fiction, they may or may not be actually demon blooded. Got it. Um, so we are proficient with one type of artisan tool. What, uh, what craft are, are we proficient in? Uh, what are the options? Like pretty much anything. Okay. Um, and we're proficient with vehicles land. So we know how to drive a cart and fix a cart and just like deal with cart stuff. So we we can be a, a traveling uh, minstrel. Um, 
So since let, let's tie the artisan tools into our survival, what would be a useful tool to have a, a useful skill to, to practice when you're on the road? Uh, do like a woodworking thing. We can kind of do like a close to nature sort of deal. Jobs from towns to town. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He whittles and, um, sure. Okay. That sounds great. Um, so we have, um, a set of art, uh, here's some equipment that we have. Um, we have our woodworking tools, a shovel, an iron pot, a set of common clothes, and a pouch with some money in it. How do we dress? Fuck, I don't know shit about tieflings in the dress. God, I really need to actually read the D&D books. I, and they, they just dress like a human. Okay. They're pretty much human. They just may have a tail. Hot. Probably have horns. Probably have like red or brownish skin. All right, so I kind of imagine it's very plain, basic clothes. Nothing too fancy. Workers' clothes. Okay. Uh, probably a flannel. Yep. Probably has a yeah. beard. Do a flannel have beard? button up. Yep. Ooh, well, they definitely have goatees. So why couldn't they have beards? Yeah. Yeah, I think I want him to have a beard, like a a big brown Santa Claus beard. Um, what's his name? Don't make me look around the room again. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, well, okay, Alex, we're gonna. I'm gonna try something here. Okay. All right, you listening? Mm-hmm. All you folks at home, are you listening? If you're driving a car, don't listen. Close your eyes. <laughs> now picture our picture our guy who looks like Satan with Santa Claus's beard, but brown. What's his name? Dio. Dio <laughs> from Sabbath. Yes. Are you looking at a picture of Dio? No, because I thought about Satan with a beard, and I was like, oh, well, he's a minstrel. Jack Black's a minstrel. Jack Black likes Black Sabbath. I don't want to go Ozzy. Ozzy's dumb, but I do like Ozzy. Dio! <sighs> okay. I am a simple man. Okay, so we've got Dio the Bard um, with his Faithful raccoon companion VH1. Yeah, stop asking me to name things. Alex, I think this character sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Okay, well, you know what they we need to do? We need to figure out why they're a hero. That's the whole point, right? Yeah, what's the thing that they're like rebelling against? Yeah, what is there? And here I'm gonna quote from the D D page. What's their defining event? You previously pursued a simple profession among the peasantry, perhaps as a farmer, miner, servant, shepherd, woodcutter, or gravedigger. But something happened that set you on a different path and forged you for greater things. Choose, or randomly determine, a defining event that marked you as a hero of the people. So there's a table in here with a D10. Or for a D10, where you would roll the D10 and it would give you an option. 
what you say we do that? And yeah, go for it. Does that sound good? Yeah. Just to give uh, people like, a, this is what it feels like to create a D&D character. Let me get a dice here. Let me get my dice here. I thought you were eating something for half a second. No. So uh, we trained the peasantry to use farm implements as weapons against a tyrant's soldiers. So we went full seven samurai. All right, that kind of negates that's our that kind of negates our nonviolent thing that we were saying earlier. But all right, yeah. So how about instead? Hold on, this is going to be a bad noise. Okay, how about instead of um, that thing, instead of randomly rolling, uh, we do <laughs> the option uh, two on the table. I saved people during a natural disaster. There you go. That's easy enough. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so what sort of natural disaster? Um, let's go for a fire. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, what, what, uh, what did we do? Was, was, what was on fire? Was a house on fire, a town on fire, a forest? Um, All, the, the whole land? Or maybe there was a creature made of fire. Okay, so if the creature was a fire and then we the the uh, Dio lured it away, yeah, or maybe we deal with the um, maybe we deal with the the actual fires that the creature's leaving behind before we deal with the fire creature. <laughs> like no, let's just what, have it a natural disaster. Okay, not um, a, not a, a monster. A, a barn was on fire. A barn was on fire. Okay. okay. Um, so, um, what did you name our character? Dio. Dio, <laughs> right, thank you. So Dio is this folk hero firefighter. Obviously. Obviously. And there is a, a fire that is taking the, the local orchard, and it's burning up the homes of all of the... <sighs> The pickle farm farmers, mm-hmm. the, the pickle tree farmers. Um, How are you feeling about this one so far? So good, so good. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> um, so he stops the fire. How does he stop the fire? With um, does he have a magic weapon or does he um? He's a bard. Mm-hmm. Does he sing the fire away? Does he? Um, I'm assuming does he... he has a lot of like leadership abilities. He or she has a lot of leadership abilities, so maybe he's able to rally the town together. Like everyone's in a panic for themselves, and he's just kind of like, "No, we can do this. If we work together, we still have a home." Okay. Okay. Um, is there any way that we can ma- put his woodworking skills to good use against a fire? Um. <laughs> or is the fire his call to action? <laughs> must protect the wood. If the wood is gone, then what will I work? I'll have to work it. 
Don't make me work it. I'll have to flip it flip and reverse it. it. <laughs> it's hard when you get a purple nurple. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. Open another beer. Oh, doesn't that sound so refreshing? Uh, we need oh, something to get through this you. character. That's good radio, Alex. That's good radio. Thank you. I cracked it at <laughs> arm's length. Okay. Um, so I think we've we've built the call to action and what they're known for pretty well. Um, so we, because we saved this village, we gained a feature called Rustic Hospitality. Since you come from the ranks of the common folk, you fit in among them with ease. You can find a place to hide, rest, or recuperate among other commoners, unless you, are shown, unless you have shown yourself to be a danger to them. They will shield you from the law or anyone else searching for you, they will, though they will not risk their lives for you. So, people love us. We're like Emerald. Okay, so... The whole point of the folk hero is we should kind of be against something. It seems like we just we protect the people from a fire. Huh. What if the fire was set by someone? By a rival orchard. Yeah, like they're just, is there a big apple in D and D world or something? Or they're trying to clear the land out for something else? Um hmm. Maybe, um, oh, maybe, um, maybe, uh, dwarves are mining gems out of the land below the orchard and, um, and that's, and they're starting fires. That's not good. That's not good at all. Uh, um, apples? What if, no, apples aren't talked about in <laughs> in folklore. <laughs> um, um, what if the town's in the way of what would be a major road that would increase commerce to the main kingdom? Oh shit! What if it got Jackson warded? Yep. <laughs> oh dang, that's hardcore. So the king decided to burn down the town. So that way, once it's burned down, they can build a road on top of it. Okay, so the king, the kingdom set the fires. Yes. Okay, and then do we... So we, um, we're just a traveling woodworker. We notice the fire. We help out the town. Maybe we get hurt in the fire, or we're really bummed about the wood burning down because we like the wood. So the All town about people, that wood. Yeah, the town people are like, thank you for convincing the town to stop the fire like we already wanted to do you can stay here until your burns get healed um and and now you have a king that's angry at you so you have some motivation or something in that now how does the king know that we did it oh shit are we immune to fire i don't know are we yeah because we're tiefling so we're immune to fire um but we're we're sad about the trees being gone because we love wood. All right, so we we stopped the fire and we're immune to yeah. fire. But um, when we were saving someone from a barn, something fell on us. So our oh, legs broke. Yeah. Oh no! 
Yikos. Okay, yeah. So we they nurse us back to health for sure. There you and go. our and our pet raccoon VH1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, if you can come up with a better name, I doubt it. Okay, Alex, <laughs> you're right. It's my fault that he's named that because I didn't have a better idea. It's my fault that we're stuck with your bad idea. Okay, Alex. <laughs> How dare you talk to me and my son Dio like that? Okay, so maybe maybe he's a folk hero because he he helps out he helps out the town. He stays on and helps around the town and is just like a really solid dude. He like, oh, he he wakes up and his leg is still healing, but he still uh, helps out with the laundry and then helps out in the kitchen and everybody likes his food. And then his leg gets healed and he helps the saloon put the door back on after those roughnecks came to town. So yeah, people in the town just really like him. Yeah, he's a woodworker. So obviously he can help them rebuild the town after the fire. Or even when he's like wounded, he can give instructions and start teaching the people. So when he moves on, they have a good woodworker. Right. And then and the king is like heading is like, oh, where are my chicken legs and they're like i'm sorry sir the road to the chicken farm is blocked by this town didn't i tell you to burn it down yes uh my lord you did tell us to burn this innocent uh town down to the ground but um you must understand we couldn't uh well i want my chicken oh sir i'm sorry but the town is there and i must say it's more prosperous than ever you should see the things that they're doing it's like this dutch colonial style thing and (laughs) personally you know out from the ashes i think that this town is a phoenix uh, if i can call it that i would love to call it new phoenix city actually i coined that if anybody starts using it you owe me 25 cents you know And we will call this land Arizona. So we need to protect Arizona chicken from the king. That's what we're Robin Hooding, is the chicken farmers um, who are the root of the evil. So we we gotta go kill all those chickens, man, to send the king a message. This is the opposite of chicken run. Alright, um... Uh, Dio is still pro farmer. Maybe the king is also just um, completely decimating like the chicken farm. So it's like he's overeating the chicken farms. Like we we can't eat. Yep. Uh, um, the the chicken. Yeah, the king is. You said the king is overeating the chickens or the kingdom. The, okay, they're just eating too much. Yeah. Um, the king, by the way, is King Osborne. Got it. <laughs> And there is the flag is a profile of the king biting the head off of a live chicken. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep. Good character. <laughs> Maybe has a um a cop character that we're up against to named uh, Tony Iommi. Yep, that's good. Um. There's two so, more people from uh, Black Sabbath, but I can't remember their name. I think one of them is Butler. Um, so let's say, <laughs> let's say that Dio is sort of done with this city, <laughs> right? Like 
he's like, man, I just wanted to make walking sticks to sell at the Renaissance Festival. And suddenly, like, I'm helping out this town. I'm slaughtering hundreds of chickens. I, I got to move on with my life. <laughs> and he realizes, like, wow, I've been, people have been talking about me for, like, 20 minutes and my name is Dio and I have a pet raccoon <laughs> named VH1 <laughs> and sometimes if you listen, if you go into the orchard you can still hear the frightened cry <laughs> of chickens being silenced by the hundreds that was our <laughs> So I think this episode is a lesson that um, not all of them are keepers. No, not every episode is a good, is a good character. Sometimes they're an NPC that you weren't supposed to ask about. Um, yep, this is, um, this is a character you will come across in a game. This is a side game. Um, you just you kept bugging the innkeeper over and over again, like, give me a job, give me a job. He's like, I don't have a job. I hear you already have a job with the kingdom next door. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but we don't job here. Give us a job here. We need give money. Job here. And this he was is... like, fine. Have you heard about Dio? Dio <laughs> needs help doing something with a chicken. Go ask Dio. God. Ugh, it's going to kill it, choke it or something. He is Iron Man. Paranoid. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Uh, We could have named him Kulptor. We already did. We did Kulptor last (laughs) week. You goose. Um, I think let's put a bow on this. Let's put a just a pin in in this one. I'm going to go stand in the corner in silence. Yeah, this is... uh, a donkey tail. <sighs> we need to be better bards. <laughs> you know, we should start a podcast where we just ramble for an hour and a half. Yeah, it's just called a podcast. Oh, yeah. That's oh, part of the problem. All right, Alex. Uh, before the audio starts getting really terrible, um, uh, let's move on. <laughs> um so do you have anything you want to talk about yeah i i got nothing to plug on my end no plugs i don't have any plugs yeah um hope you enjoy the podcast if you enjoy the podcast um show it to someone who you think might enjoy the podcast spread the word yeah maybe uh, not read... this one <laughs> yeah uh so have them do a previous episode this is a this is a regularly scheduled bonus. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, and make sure that, you know, if you want to talk to us, make sure you send us an email at beabetterbard at gmail.com. Um, it's, you know, I can get it direct to my phone. So <laughs> uh, I am desperate for your attention and crave your approval. Um, so next week, you ready? Yeah, what what what's, what are you throwing down? Creatures of the deep. Are we going aqua? I I yeah. Our 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 subject for next week is creatures of the deep. 
All right. Make it work. All right. Um, well, until next time, remember. Be a better part. I mean, wash your hands. I mean, Dio. <laughs> we should, you know, I love, I love wash your hands. It's, it, but, but maybe it's not evergreen, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's topical right now, but we need to move on. So let's, let's do the brand recognition um, of until next time. I, I kind of assumed you'd continue to. Uh, so, am I still saying wash my hands? Burley, explain this. <laughs> <laughs>